we each have a responsibility to do what we can to ensure that all human rights are met, regardless of national or neighborhood borders, if we want a sustainable and peaceful world. Welcome, neighbors, to Hometown Earth, the podcast that brings a down-to-earth approach to all of your sustainability questions. I'm your host, Lena Sanford, here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Here, we believe that everyone can change the world. Do you believe? I'm a Midwest gal with big dreams to discover what it takes to reduce my impact on this beautiful place we call Hometown Earth. Join me every Tuesday as we navigate what actions we can take, big or small, to make a positive impact in your life and the lives of your neighbors on Hometown Earth. Hello, neighbors. Peace on Earth is a nice thing to say during the holidays, have on a bumper sticker, or even voice your support. But have you ever thought about what it actually takes to have peace on Earth? Peace on Earth is said to be the concept of an ideal state of happiness, freedom, and peace within and among all people and nations on planet Earth. The peace sign is usually considered a symbol for laying down arms or a break from war. Did you know that Gerald Holdham created the peace sign for the British campaign for nuclear disarmament in 1958? The vertical line in the center represents the flag semaphore or flag signal for the letter D. The downward lines on either side represent the signal for the letter N. Together, they are the symbol for nuclear disarmament. Britannica says that Holdham also described the symbol as representing despair, with the central lines forming a human with its hands questioning at its sides against the backdrop of a white earth. Although many different cultures and religions have mixed opinions about reaching world peace, it is much more than just nuclear disarmament. It has a lot to do with human rights. Secretary General of the UN, Antonio Guterres, said there is more to achieving peace than laying down weapons. True peace requires standing up for the human rights of all the world's people. Human rights are at the foundation of freedom, justice, and peace. Human rights education at the University of Minnesota said that these rights fall into three interlinked categories. Civil and political rights, also called first-generation rights. These are liberty-oriented and include the rights to life, liberty, and security of the individual. Freedom from torture and slavery political participation, freedom of opinion, expression, thought, conscious, and religion, freedom of association and assembly. The second category, economic and social rights, also called second-generation rights. These are security-oriented rights. For example, the right to work, education, a reasonable standard of living, food, shelter, and health care. And the third category is environmental, cultural, and developmental rights, also called third-generation rights. These include the rights to live in an environment that is clean and protected from destruction and rights to cultural, political, and economic development. When human rights are abused or violated, we see unrest and violence. 
There is no peace. We rely on each other for stability. Mother Teresa said, if we have no peace, it is because we have forgotten that we belong to each other. The components of sustainability are social, economic, and environmental, people, planet, profit, which are strongly interconnected with the categories of human rights. We each have a responsibility to do what we can to ensure that all human rights are met, regardless of national or neighborhood borders, if we want a sustainable and peaceful world. There's a lot that can be unpacked around the topic of human rights, so this is really just to get your mind thinking. But I want to clarify one thing. Threats to our environment due to human activities infringe upon all three levels of human rights for people across the globe. The resulting symptom of those violated rights usually lead to further environmental damage and unrest. For example, human-caused environmental issues such as deforestation and land degradation lead to resource scarcity. Climate change disasters, climate-related conflict, and unsustainable extraction lead to the destruction of our natural resources and biodiversity that drives livelihoods, resulting in scarcity, poverty, damage to economic infrastructure, and displacement of communities. Violence is often used to control resources and access to basic human rights. Research by the International Union for Conservation of Nature and Natural Resources, or the IUCN, shows that these environmental issues often lead to gender-based violence, such as sexual violence and trafficking, which infringes on all three categories of fundamental human rights. And as we know, environmental issues first impact the world's most vulnerable communities, only making inequality worse. The UN says that natural disasters displace three times as many people as conflicts, forcing millions to leave their homes and seek safety elsewhere. They are refugees and asylum seekers that have had their human rights violated. Global Citizen reports that the top five causes for refugees are one, persecution, and that is of religious, national, social, racial, or political persecution. The second is war, which arises for several reasons, including the conquering of land and people. The third is gender or sexual orientation. The fourth is hunger due to drought and food scarcity. And the fifth is climate change, which will only worsen in the years to come if we don't do something now. Lack of support in our infrastructure for these displaced groups typically leads to political and social unrest and a lack of access for refugees to employment, education, medical care, and other essential public health measures. This continues the cycle of human rights violations, continuing the stress on resources and keeping us at arm's length from peace on earth. The United States Institute of Peace notes that the most unequal societies are often the most violent. Weak institutions, rampant corruption, and high levels of exclusion 
fuel insecurity and damage communities and economies. However, societies that protect and promote human rights for all are more resilient. They are better equipped to handle unexpected crises and the effects of climate change. Pro-environmental and pro-social behaviors, human rights, peace, justice, they are all issues that are threads in the fabric of world peace. So how do we go about standing up for human rights of all the world's people and achieving peace on earth? That is a pretty loaded question that if I had a clear answer to, I would absolutely give it. But there's a couple of different ways that we can approach this. The United Nations suggests that we need a human rights-based approach to move forward in our society. They say that focusing on equality, inclusion, and non-discrimination in our development can reduce inequalities and help us reach our climate goals. And that this human rights-based economy should be the foundation of a new social contract. We need to understand the world around us, to pay attention to the world around us. We need to realize that human rights issues are our issues, and improving them for yourself will help to improve the lives of others. We can foster cooperation by coming together for a common goal. This involves listening to others, communicating clearly and often, and acting to problem-solve locally in our own communities. By making the choice to live sustainably, you impact others' human rights and peace on earth. Yeah, that's right. Peace starts with you. Remember, small actions matter. Are the products you're consuming leading to deforestation and displacement? Do they lead to water or food scarcity? Do your money investments lead to pollution and unsafe environments for your local and global neighbors? Are you contributing to creating inclusive spaces in your work, social, or home life? Are the people in your community heard or are they marginalized and left out? Challenging ourselves to ask these types of questions are really what we need to do to get the ball rolling. We need to think critically and make small changes in our lives that can significantly impact the planet's welfare. We can choose to be the change we want to see in the world. On this week's Something to Grow On segment, I'll leave you with a quote from Eleanor Roosevelt. Where, after all, do universal human rights begin? In small places, close to home so close and so small that they cannot be seen on any maps of the world. Unless these rights have meaning there, they have little meaning anywhere. Without concerted citizen action to uphold them close to home, we shall look in vain for progress in a larger world. So thank you for joining me, neighbor. And until next time, let there be peace on earth and let it start right here with us on Hometown Earth.
I hope you enjoyed this episode of Hometown Earth as much as I did. Let us know by rating and subscribing so you never miss an episode. New episodes drop every week on Tuesday. Head to the show notes linked in the episode description for more details. And let us know in the comments what you want to hear next. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. And you can find more about the podcast on Instagram at Hometown Earth or connect with me personally at Lena Saintford. We all know change needs to happen. So let's get started right here at Hometown Earth. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.